Welcome to uh, BitFaced, another, uh, an uncommon Wednesday night nowadays in the BitCave. We've kind of moved to weekends, but wanted to do a Wednesday episode because our guest tonight is someone I've wanted to have on for a long time, someone who I know knows the shit out of their games. Um, one of the best gamers I think I honestly know actually shows up on ranking lists for pinball that I've looked at, so that's exciting. One of my favorite people to talk shit with, worked with me for two and a half years when I was at the Evil Empire. There's no other better introduction than that for uh, for Brian Grantham, dude. What's up, man? Not a whole lot, man. I'm super excited to be on the on the uh, on the Bitface podcast. I'm really excited. I know it's uh, it's been a little bit of uh, time in the making, but I'm glad to finally be here. All right, yeah. Aren't you glad? You know, two and a half years later, after I, I I left the Evil Empire, I'm I'm actually doing something with gaming. That makes me proud. How proud are you of me, Brian? <laughs> I yeah, I'm super proud of you because not only are you doing something with gaming that makes you proud, but you're also doing something with gaming that makes you happy. So that, that's that's even more important. Isn't isn't that why we do it? That is why we do it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I saw pictures of of the expo of the uh, of the Southern Fried. Uh, is it Gamer Game, Game, Game Room, room. Expo? Okay, the Southern Fried Game Room Expo. One of our buddies, actually Reap, who's been on the cast, was there, and I was jealous. But I want you. To tell me all about it because I haven't heard anything besides what I've read on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was awesome. So uh, this year was the second year uh, of the game of the expo, and um, <clears throat> we had some people that returned from the first year, uh, like uh, Jerry Buckner and um, uh, Billy Mitchell and Walter Day. Uh, so like uh, it was cool that they enjoyed the first year so much they all wanted to come back and be a part of the second year, and it's it's awesome to have billy walking around and talking to people because i know his his uh everything that he's in kind of makes him look like an asshole but he's actually a really cool guy and so um <clears throat> this past year uh was actually the last year that it's going to be at the place that it was uh, because it was at the um it was at the marriott century center uh so the uh, the floor space though is was too small and so this year the or not this year uh and next year on 2016 um it's having to be moved to um the the renaissance atlanta waverly hotel and uh it's gonna have like twice the footprint that it had last year so last year there was around 230 games uh all set to free play and that's like arcade and pinball and then classic consoles and modern consoles and so um this next one it's going to also add uh going to add tabletop gaming so you're going to have uh, you know like you know cards and uh, Warhammer and board games and stuff like that too so it's going to be it's going to be awesome I can't wait uh, for 2016 so I had a really really good time both years uh, that, that I've gone so I've taken games both years and, and stuff like that so that's pretty badass Brian I don't know if you know this but I just got Eric into a tabletop game <laughs> And I, I don't know if you believe that based on, on his personality. <laughs> but what, what game is it? We play Star Trek Attack Wing. And, okay. Uh, it's pretty cool. I've, 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 hey, we, we don't play Star Trek Attack Wing. I've played Star Trek Attack Wing once, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. Well, what, so uh, I've never played that game. What, what kind of game is it? It, it's tabletop. You have different ships in the Star Trek universe. Each ship has a card assigned to it. You roll dice. You fight. You fly around any given airspace. It, it, actually, it was a blast, and I didn't think I would like it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just like a tactics tabletop game. So you pick a move. Everyone picks a move simultaneously, secretly. Mm -hmm. And uh, after that, you know, you go in order, and you, you all do your actions. And it's kind of a blast. So, you know... If they're bringing in tabletop games, I think that's that's pretty sweet. That's kind of expanding on on what a gaming expo should be. Yeah, it's uh it's really cool too because um you know last uh, this past year like every, people had to be turned away from bringing stuff to to the expo because they they ran out of space, and so this year it'll be nice because nobody will have to be turned away. And then the nice thing about tabletop stuff is that can go all night. So because uh, like previously um, the you know there there is other stuff to do other than just play like arcade pinball and console stuff um, because there's like last year um, hand job uh, booth there yeah definitely that's that's my favorite booth so I, I, I wasn't <laughs> but, gonna go a cast without bringing up your favorite booth so. <laughs> 
uh but yeah no, like they you know they have panels with like uh with people from arcade and pinball and then so like last year or this past year we there was like a Dennis Nordman and Greg Ferraris, um, they've they've worked in the industry for a long time for with pinball stuff, and then Billy Mitchell, uh, Ben Heck. Do you, do you know who Ben Heck is? I think so. He he does like a lot of uh, he has a show on, I think it's still on Rev Three. I think Rev, I, I know, if, I know it was on Rev Three. I think Rev Three's still around. I'm not 100 percent on that, but um, he has like an online show basically that where he does like he mods stuff like he does um. Like he's made like those like laptop 360s and like he does like special like controllers. People will send in requests to him, be like, oh, you know, I'm disabled, I can't do this, and so he'll make a controller special for them and stuff like that. So, um, but he he has had a pinball. He's made a couple pinball machines. Um, he had a uh, uh, oh god, Bill Pullman, right? Game over, man, game over. That's Bill Pullman, right? Or is that that's Paxton? Bill Paxton? Okay, Paxton. Bill Pullman he, is uh, Spaceballs. And okay, that's Independence right. Day. Yeah. Um, so he made a, a Bill Pax, uh, Bill Pax, uh, pinball machine. And, uh, and so, and, and then he wound up working on this other one that's recently come out, uh, for this company, spooky pinball, uh, that, uh, he was talking about that kind of stuff. And then, um, Brian Collin was there. He made rampage and arch rivals uh, and stuff like that. And since you're a movie buff, I'm pretty sure you're excited about the new rampage movie that they just announced that they're working on. Did you see that? I, I, I saw that. I can't say that I'm excited about a video game movie, but... <laughs> I mean, Oh, come it, on. Every video game movie is amazing. What are you talking about? Yeah, we, especially every one made by Yui Bull. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, we, we were going to do a whole podcast about video game movies, so name me, name me two that you like, Brian, since we have you here tonight. Two, all right. Well, um, you know, I know it sounds stupid, uh, but <laughs> I, I I like the Mario Brothers movie. Uh, it, you it's, and like, so fucking ridiculous. Sam Taylor, man. Dude, it's you know it's. Have you? Did seen you guys it? did you guys bond over that? No, I didn't even know that he liked that. Well, you so, you learned something in the bed cave tonight. You need no, to talk to him about that. Yeah, it's you know it's so crazy. Um, have you do, you do you ever do like riff tracks? I've seen a couple of them. So there's you can buy some movies that have the riff tracks embedded into them. Um, and Mario Brothers is one of them. You should check it out. It's hilarious. I'll put it on my list. I'd, I'd be excited to watch that. I think. Um, I would say the Resident Evil ones, for the most part, are pretty good. I've only seen part one. The first yeah. one's good. The second one is okay, and then it got way fucking out of hand. Yeah. Yeah, as, as those those types of movies generally do. Yeah. Because I, mean, I, always, I always group that together with, like, Underworld and stuff like that. I liked all the Underworlds. We've got Hitman coming up. Yeah, the the second time they've made a Hitman movie. Yeah, I just I, I'm not a, I know you're a huge fan of Hitman. I am because uh, I like uh, I remember when Absolution was coming out. You were super stoked for that. But the last uh, time I've been in your place of business, sir, was to pick that up from you on Black Friday, maybe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I I just I, I you know I've I've played Hitman two maybe, and any game that makes me walk, I I hate it. I can't stand that. Because uh, I just want to run nonstop everywhere. And don't so, play. Uh, don't play Beyond Eyes. <laughs> Beyond Eyes. What is it's that? a new? Uh, it's a new indie game. It's it's really actually it's really good. You play as a blind girl. You can't see, so you have to walk slowly through the environment as everything mm. is generated around you. That would be an awesome Oculus game. Yes, uh, it would be an awesome Oculus game. Yeah. But pushing up on the controller and watching your character trudge through, you know, a meadow. Yeah. Mm. Not so much. The game's good though. I'm not. I'm not dissing on the game. See, I wouldn't mind it if 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 that is like the only mode of transportation is walking. It doesn't bother me. It's that if I have to restrain myself from pushing up all the way, like that's one of the nice things I like about the Batman games is if you're in crouched, it's just like walking, but you're faster than walking, and so I don't feel like that doesn't bother me so much. What's your opinion on the new Arkham Knight? Because I I'm a big fan, but my. Uh... Some of my my friends and people in the in the Bitcave or people that tweet to us, yeah, hate the the Batmobile. They can't stand it. Like they think it's the worst thing ever. So I I'm not the Batmobile didn't bother me that much. I actually kind of liked the combat in it. Um, the driving in it was kind of dumb because they since you do so much combat in it, they made it kind of like Call of Duty controls, 
where left trigger would be zoom and right trigger is shoot. Uh, so left trigger puts it into tank mode and right trigger shoots. I switched that though immediately. Yeah, see, I I thought about it, but then because I, I had read articles where people were like, do it. That's the first thing you need to do. But then like I got used to that, and I didn't mind going into tank mode to like take corners, uh, because a lot of times you know that was so like that it's so arcadey as far as like the the drifting and stuff like that is concerned with the Batmobile. Like a lot of times to get that under control when you're in a tight spot, it's just easier just to go into tank mode. So I thought the puzzles involving the, the, uh, the Batmobile were, were stupid and kind of made. Oh, you it. know, you know, every time you're stuck on a Riddler challenge, you know what the answer is? Uh, see, I didn't, I didn't even bother with that stuff. Oh, but the answer is the Batmobile. Yeah. <laughs> because every I, time you're stuck, it's like, Oh, I should call in the Batmobile because he can yeah. pull this winch down and I can run. Yeah. It's, I, I'm at 98 out of 264 Riddler challenges, and I, I'm mm. about to give up. Yeah, yeah, see, I didn't I didn't bother with that. With, with like, the Riddler stuff, I never care. But I did it in the first Arkham game, and it didn't feel like a chore. That's because there was like 100, maybe. There was 100, and they were findable, and you were in an enclosed area. Now yeah. I guess that it's out in the city? Uh, I really want to do this one, though. I don't want to cheat and get the ending like everyone else did. I really want to earn it. I just mm. YouTubed it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. Like, I, I, got the, I got the regular ending, and then, and then I YouTubed the real ending, and I was like, oh, it's not really that big of a difference. It's like, the, what, ten seconds more? You guys are yeah, pissing on my dreams right now. <laughs> it's like two It's like two lines of dialogue. If that. Damn, <laughs> Let's ruin it for him right now. You, you already did, both of you. I'm going to move on to something else tomorrow. Rare replay. Or, what, uh, other, what other dreams do you have? <laughs> that, you, that you can destroy right now? Exactly. I, I wanted to be a good manager at GameStop. That kind of fell apart. <laughs> well, I, there's nothing I can do about that now. No, I know. I know. <laughs> I need something that I can destroy immediately. Um, with, with, with minimal effort. <laughs> So, completely off this subject, what games? What what games did you bring to the expo? Because I know you are a collector. Yeah, so I brought a I brought Star Trek Pro, um, and I brought Firepower. Uh, so like Firepower, they're they're both like uh, Steve Ritchie games, and he is like the master of flow. Uh, when he started uh, making games, it, it kind of like changed the way the games are made. Uh, beforehand just because if you play his games um it's it's it, all the shots feel really well and they they, they just he has really good flow uh and in, in his stuff like did you ever play like terminator 2 yes like that's that's one of his games and you know stuff like that like the way that you hit those ramp shots and stuff so um but i brought those two games uh, i brought star trek i only brought star trek the year before uh and then i brought it this year and you know it I didn't have any problems with with either machine afterwards, but the the machine for um for Star Trek, man, it got so much play uh, this past year. Like, by, just by the end of the weekend, my playfield was just so dirty. And I always host our league like the the month after after Expo, and so I just spend all that time cleaning everything up, and making sure everything's 100% for that kind of stuff. But um, it's fun, man. Like like there's so many games there. Unfortunately, this year, because I was in charge of running the tournaments for uh, the modern console stuff, uh, I didn't really get a, a chance to play that much, like, in the free play area. Like, I, I broke away a couple times and, and went over there and did that kind of stuff. But... I saw you on a uh, on a ranking list for pinball. You, I, you cracked the top 20, right? I did. Well, I got uh, 24th in, like, the Classics division for, uh, for the Papa Circuit Tournament. Uh, so they have a main tournament um, and then a, a Classics. And that one... Uh, yeah, that so so because I was doing tournaments, I didn't even have I didn't have a lot of time to get in and like actually play play, and so I knew I wouldn't have enough time to rank well in my in the main division, and so I figured I would just play classics, um, and so uh, I wound up getting like the second highest score on Flash Gordon, uh, and so because uh, I I own that game, and so um, I got the second highest score in that, and it bumped me up into qualifying for the finals. And it sucks because my first game in the finals I got knocked out uh, but I feel good about it because the guy that knocked me out was the guy that took second place in the main tournament so like he's like he's a he's a really good player uh, and so I didn't feel so bad about getting knocked out immediately um, but yeah no I did pretty good with that and then uh, and then the main tournament uh, when I when I got done with 
I think my last tournament that I did on, on the last day was Mortal Kombat X. And um, so I went and did scorekeeping for the main tournament for uh, for like an hour. And uh, and so whenever you did that, I guess it was longer than an hour. But whenever you did that, you get free entries into into the main tournament. And so um, so I was just going to use all the entries to play America's Most Haunted, which was the game that, that Ben Heck made, uh, the, or the, his newest game that he made. And um, uh, like... I haven't had a chance to play that. The only one that was there was in the main tournament, and so I really wanted a chance to play that, so I was just going to use all my entries just to play that game. Like, I wasn't really going to do actual uh, entries into the into the main tournament. But I got enough entries that it, it was, I think it was like six entries or something like that, and so, like, that was enough for me to put in, like, an actual ticket. And so I was like, well, I guess, like, I guess I'll go ahead and just put in, like, a real ticket uh, for the tournament. And I wound up just with that one ticket... I wound up coming in uh, uh, 49th on the main tournament uh, out of like 100 and 115 people. So, I'd like, if I if I had enough time to like actually buy entries and like work on my scores and stuff like that, I, I could have probably done better. Uh, but like, that's one of my goals this year is to actually go to more tournaments because they're always on Saturdays and usually they're like during during the day. And so, uh, I'm usually at work during that time, so it's hard for me to get to to like tournaments and stuff like that. So. That's one thing Colorado bought me, man, was Saturdays off. Yeah. But so this this Ben Heck table that you're talking about, new table, you, you can't play it? Like, is it only in certain arcades? Well, they, they only – so it's by, uh, it's by like a small build pub, – or publisher. It's by a small build um, uh, builder. And so like you, like a boutique is what, what most people call them. Like they, they made, I want to say, 300 or 350 of, of, of this machine and so uh, the only reason that it was in the main tournament is like uh, uh, some of the people from Birmingham uh, they, they had one and so they brought it to be part of the tournament uh, and so um, but yeah it's it's a super rare game and I really thought about buying one and uh, but like it's really hard to, to spend that much money because that, that, that machine's like $6,000 it's hard to spend that much money on a game that you've never played and so like I had heard a lot of people talking really good about that game. And so I thought about selling something so that I could, so that I could buy it. But, um, but I wound up not doing it before they, before they sold out. And so I was like, eh, now, now the next game coming out by spooky pinball, that's who, that's who made this game, um, is, is a Rob zombie table. And I really like something, I'm not like the biggest Rob zombie fan. Uh, you know, like, I would say that I was probably introduced to them with Way of the Warrior on the 3DO. Um, and so, like... Uh, it, I've never even... Wow. That, that's why you bring someone like Brian Grantham on the cast when he's referencing <laughs> 3DO games. <laughs> Dude, like, it was, it was like Naughty Dog... I don't think it's their first game, but it was like one of Naughty Dog's first games, and it was a Mortal Kombat ripoff. And uh, it, was, it was so... Okay, now, 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 you're, now sparks are going off in my head. Yeah, that, their logo was like that skull with the with the yin yang, but it had three segments. It was like black, white, and blood. Uh, but it was it was a terrible <laughs> game. Uh, but the soundtrack was just was just white zombie or yeah, white zombie songs. And so I really like that. And so like it strikes like a nostalgic nerve with me. Um, and it's cool because the license w- is with Rob Zombie, and so like they can do stuff from his movies. And so, um, you know, Cap, there's like Captain Spaulding's in it, and they actually yeah, worked. little Devil's Rejects. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and what's his, what's his name in real life? The actor, do you know? Sid Haig. Yeah. So they they actually worked with Sid Haig, and uh, and he does like uh, custom voice work for the game and stuff like that. So it's it, like people who bought America's Most Haunted, they have first dibs on if they want to buy a machine this machine. Uh, and so then after those people who say no or not, uh, then it goes on to the public to buy. And it's another one of those situations where it's like, God, do I sell some stuff to buy this game? Like, I don't even know. Because Ben Heck designed and the layout and the rules and stuff for America's Most Haunted. And he's not like he's working on this one, but he's not designing it. And so it's like, you know, I'm sure the game will be great. I so just, are I they just... do they only release new tables to like is is it only for collectors now? No, um, people do put them on location, uh, and um, but the the thing is like so you know, on location pinball is really big in like really big cities 
um, generally. So like in Chicago, you have a lot of stuff, uh, like a lot of uh, like barcades and that kind of thing. Um, there's there's some stuff in New York. Uh, and, and, you know, it's just the problem with pinball and location is it requires a lot of maintenance. And so as far as like earning money, it, it's not that great. So like I know there, there's people here in the Atlanta area that are collectors that will put stuff out on location. Um, and, you know, for multiple different reasons, uh, there was a uh, in F- Flowery Branch. There was a uh, one of the guys opened up like a store where you could buy them but or and play them and stuff like that and he had arcade and pinball there uh but you know yeah up by uh mala georgia no this well yeah i guess kind of it's um it was off spout springs yeah so so but yeah the uh um but yeah i mean you know you have stuff like that in atlanta there's a place called joystick the joystick game bar uh and they have like a couple pinball machines but it's mainly arcade stuff um it's just pinball pinball is unappealing in america because especially georgia just because of the way the taxes work uh for amusement games here um the uh it's so it's really unappealing to uh have a place where you're paying um you're paying those kind of taxes for the for that kind of stuff just because uh the way that that works because i've actually looked into it there was um couple years ago me and one of my uh, friends were thinking about talking about opening up like a comic book shop okay and 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 so i was gonna i had uh we were gonna we were talking about having like you know some games there that were comic book themed because i have a judge dread um and it's based off the comic not the movie and uh and you know just having comic book themed pinball machines there but you can't charge money for them in this state so how many uh Last time I taught you two and a half years ago, you had two. Yeah. How many are you up to now? Uh, I had, I had eight. I've I've recently sold some, um, but I had a Star Trek Pro, Judge Dredd, Flash Gordon, Lethal Weapon Three, Baby Pac Man, which is like half arcade, half pinball. Oh yeah. Uh, mis- I mis- You know I'm well aware of that one. Yeah. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Pac Man. Um. Please tell me you did not sell Lethal Weapon 3. I did. It's still at my house, but I, I did sell it. Uh, I, have, I have to actually have to take it down to Atlanta to, to deliver it to somebody. Um, that but makes had, me very sad. <laughs> I had Firepower and Space Mission also. And so far I've sold uh, Star Trek because I'm moving to a smaller place, and so I need to get rid of some of the stuff. And uh, so I sold a Star Trek. I sold my Star Trek Pro, uh, my, my Lethal Weapon 3, my flash gordon and my space mission so and i still have i have like a mame cabinet also um i have a robocop uh, arcade machine that is at one of my friends houses right now in their garage um and then i also have uh this like 70s arcade game called gunfight uh that i need i need a power board for it um because i cannot do board work and so uh and i just need to find a power board to be able to get that working so I'm glad that you're you're still collecting. And hey, man, there's nothing wrong with downsizing. Yeah, yeah. I got rid of tons of my collectibles before I I left Georgia to come out here. So yeah, yeah. And it'll be easy to to, to grab some of that stuff again. Um, and you know, sometimes uh, like when you have like a larger collection, it's fun for when people are coming over and stuff. But like half those games, I don't play on a regular basis, anyways. So okay. So besides uh, the expo. Mm-hmm. As a gamer, since I get I used to get to talk to you almost daily, what are mm-hmm. you excited about this year? What are you playing on console? Right now, uh, I did. Uh, I of course picked up the Rare re- Replay. Uh, I heard you guys talk about that in your, on your last episode. Um, the uh, I, you know the thing that sucks is like right now since I'm moving, I don't have internet, and uh, and so I the only reason I bought that game was for Blast Core, and uh, that was like one of my favorite games on the 64. I love you, and, Brian. <laughs> that game is so amazing, but uh, for the thing that sucks about it is, you have to be connected to the internet to download an update to play that game. And so, like, the only reason I bought the re- replay was a game that I can't play until I get internet again. So, um, but I, you know, I never played the banjo games, and so I started playing those. And uh, my daughters like watching those games. And it's like the other day, uh, like in, in the set in Treasure Trove, like the second stage or whatever. If you jump in the water, the shark comes to get you. And my oldest daughter was like, 
uh, you know, she's four, and she was like, Daddy, jump in the water. I want to see the shark bite you so you die. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to do that. Thanks, though. I'm actually, uh, I, I played the Banjo games very seldomly. I just got to Treasure Trove, too, because I'm playing through Banjo 1 again, because Elijah last week was like, yeah. that's the best game ever. So I was like, I need to at least play it through once. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am I played more RC Pro-Am than anything. Yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> that I've played a lot of that since it's come out. I, I love, I, you know, that was, I had that on the NES when, when it came out. And, um, you know, I was, with me, the thing that I've always liked best about Rare Games is, their music like i think their music is some of the catchiest stuff oh the... definitely and uh that like that game like the gameplay is fun and i like that they mapped it to where you can have accelerate on the right trigger right trigger so you're not just having to hit uh face buttons um but like uh that that game is so good like i i kind of wish that they would update that a bit and like make it to where you could do like four player online matches with that and stuff like that so that, i think that would be amazing I completely agree. I don't. Um, I played strictly D-pad on that game, 100, mm-hmm. percent mm-hmm. old school style. I, I'm just, I'm falling in love with it. I used to play it in my bedroom in my pajamas in seventh grade on my NES, and it's, it's bringing mm-hmm. me back. And I think yeah. that's what I mean. Tell me, value in gaming this year? Is there anything better than Rare Replay? No, and you know that the sad thing is that's the best thing Rare's done in forever. So. In ten years, all they've done is yeah. make fucking avatars and do Kinect Sports. Yeah. Hey, if you if you're gonna have somebody rip off Nintendo, who better who better to have do it? I agree. <laughs> I think they kind of realized that though when they released Rare Replay, they were like, "Shit, we sold a lot. We mm-hmm. might want to have Rare make some more games for us." So, I'm anticipating they, a lot. Yeah, and they they have said that they're gonna put out DLC for that and stuff like that. Um, so. Because you know, there's obviously there's some stuff that's not on there. Uh, I could have I could have honestly done without the the ZX uh, Spectrum games. Um, I mean, it's kind of cool to to be able to play those and, and see what it's like, uh, see what it was like for you know, old British PC stuff. But uh, but like those games are just like almost un- unplayable nowadays. What's the DLC gonna be though? Because the five games I, in my mind that are missing are all Nintendo shit, or owned by Data East, I guess Double Dragon. Well, I bet they can get that. Um, because That's you know, the one EA, I figured would be there. Yeah, EA published the Battletoads arcade game uh, in arcades, and so um, I was shocked that there's no EA logo on on the Battletoads arcade game. Uh, because when like if uh, if you if you have like a Mame set up and you go and find Battletoads on there, like that's that's on like the loading screen is the EA the EA logo. So um, I was surprised that 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 was taken out for this version of the game so if they can get if they can get the rights to that uh i'm sure that they can do a thing because namco's not really doing anything spectacular anymore nowadays anyways so a lot of the old game companies have kind of fallen yeah to the wayside two hours, oh my god two hours before our last cast we actually busted the shit out of battletoads arcade oh really yeah tyler and i sat down and played through start to finish with a bowl of cereal uh saturday morning style yeah we had i mean we had to yeah, I was I was glad that they that it's like set to free play because you know sometimes on on those kind of arcade remakes that they've done for Xbox and stuff in the past you know you still have like they, they set it to so many lives and that kind of thing. Uh, it's nice being able to actually just play from the beginning to the end. Uh, we continued but, like what, what we we added it up. I think we spent fifteen seventy five a piece. Yeah, nice in quarters. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's that's one of the awesome things about how games have evolved because everyone has so much, you know, nostalgia for those older games. People forget that those games were just designed to make you put like ungodly, ungodly amounts of money, especially those kind of like brawlers and stuff like the turtles games and that the Simpsons and that kind of stuff. So, uh, X-Men spe- was one of oh, my yeah. favorites. Yeah, dude, that's the six, six player, player X-Men. They have it at the one up here in Denver. Nice. Which yeah, they have I- tons of tables here too. Tons of pinball. Like the one up yeah. has at least, at least 15 i would say yeah i have i have friends that have actually gone to the one up and i've, I've heard nothing but great things about it and you guys uh you guys have um uh oh god what's it called the rocky mountain pinball showdown uh once a year in denver um it's like uh it's like this huge it's it's similar to the southern fried game room expo i think last year they had like like uh, over 150 games 
uh, on free play. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's, you guys should go check that out. Um, I don't remember when, when it is. I know, it, I think it's already happened this year. I think it just happened not too long ago. Um, but you know, you have, yeah, there's some, there's some good stuff going on, uh, over with you guys. Well, and speaking, kind of going back to the expo, when you said you guys were moving from a small venue to the next bigger venue, Denver mm-hmm. Comic-Con was in a hotel room six, seven years ago, and you should see it now. It's like Dragon Con big. Yeah. That's crazy. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it was it's... phenomenal. You would have loved it. I know you would have loved it. Yeah, I, I saw I saw your pictures from there. It looked like a blast. It was, it was a lot of fun. It's what the third or fourth biggest con right now. Over a hundred thousand people. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, I don't even know. I like, I like. I mean, I went to we we had uh, Southern Fried had stuff at MomoCon this year, and uh, so I, I went and helped out with that uh, on on one of the days, and that's I think that's the biggest convention that I've been to because, like, generally speaking, Dragon Con happens like sometime when I can't get away from work. I don't remember what it is. Beginning of September. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like I'll be in Vegas this year. It's Labor Day. Yeah. So, um, and so I've, I've never been able to go to that, but I've always wanted to, like I have a bunch of buddies that go, uh, that go to it every year and they, they, uh, they dress up and cosplay and stuff like that. So last year they, they, one of the days they went as like, uh, as, uh, zombie village people. And like uh, one of them had a shirt that said like "Disco is dead" and stuff like that, so it was it was pretty cool. That's awesome, man. Um, so I would uh, I would regret it if I didn't ask you this: Why pinball? You know, um, so growing up, I spent a lot of time in arcades, and uh, generally I did not play pinball because uh, if you don't if you really don't know if you don't have an idea of how pinball works. It's it go you eat up your money really quick, right? And so, uh, so generally, I played a lot of fighting games in arcades or like Golden Axe. Like I actually beat Golden Axe in the arcade one time, and um, because I played it so much on the Genesis, like I was I was pretty good at that game. And so, there like any time that we would go to an arcade, my stepdad would play uh, would play pinball stuff. So I would play it every now and then, but I was just so bad at it. Like uh, when I was in. Um, as I got a little bit older, uh, one of the places that I took karate at was like at like Westgate Park in Dothan, Alabama, and it's like they have like a bunch of like sports fields and stuff like that. Uh, but in the, like the waiting area, there was they had a Star Trek: The Next Generation and a fam- uh, Adam's Family and a Twilight Zone. Like like whoever was operating those machines like rotated them out fairly fr- fairly frequently, and so uh, I started understanding it a lot more with those games and then uh and then when i was in high school uh, in key west i i like there was a laser tag place and they had medieval madness and i love that game and i played that game so much like uh so it was like a bunch of my friends worked there and so there are times that we uh, would go there when they weren't open and we would just like go in and get like a bucket of tokens and just like spend all night long playing games and stuff in there and so um, I always wanted to buy a Medieval Madness because I played it so much in in, uh, in high school. And uh, my wife had looked into it, and Medieval Madness was always so much money. It was like ridiculous amounts of money. And so I was like, God, well, I guess I could never run a pinball machine. And so at that time, I wanted to build a MAME cabinet because I was like, I know I can afford uh, a computer. I can build a, a cheap PC, and you know, I could build like an arcade cabinet or something like that, and and then just you know download the ROMs and stuff. And, uh, and so that was my focus at that point. Well, it turns out the Medieval Madness is like one of the most popular pinball machines of all time. And so that's why it was so expensive. And so um, several years ago, uh, I started looking into pinball machines again. And, uh, and I was like, oh, well, I like, you know, you can actually buy a pinball machine, uh, you know, from like a couple hundred dollars up to like 13,000. Uh, and so um, it just depends on what, what game you're looking for and that kind of thing. So, uh, so fi- I bought Firepower. I bought a really good condition Firepower, and that was my first game. The, the awesome thing about pinball, and my wife didn't understand this at first until I explained it to her, and then she started liking pinball more. Uh, but, you know, like pinball games are just like arcade games. Like generally there's a story to them, uh, and there's like a way to beat it, right? Right. And, and so, uh, you know, so I would explain like with Firepower, 
Um, you have two banks of, of three stand-up targets, or not stand-up targets, or yeah, stand-up targets. Um, and uh, so I, you know, I explained it. I was like, these guys are ships, right? And so you have to blow up each ship, and then it, it lets you lock these two balls, and then you have to blow up those ships again to lock the third ball. And so, like, once you learn that there's, like, rules like that, uh, you know, it, it makes that game more accessible or it makes pinball more accessible to people because it's something that they can understand. Because most people think all you're doing is just trying to keep the like keep the ball from going down the hole. And it's like uh, like someone the other day I was talking to uh, about pinball and stuff. And they were like, all pinball machines are the same, aren't they? Like, why? Because I was I was talking to him about going to the Hall of Fame in Vegas with me this year. And um, they're like pinball games are all just the same aren't they you're just trying to shoot a ball into a hole or something and i was like that's like saying golf is the same like every golf course is the same and i was like there there's they all have different rules they all have like different layouts they're they're compl- you know they're not all completely different because you have some stuff like uh some companies will reuse layouts and stuff sometimes and just retheme them but um for the most part they're all completely different they all feel different like, for me it's and, flipper you know, speed yeah yeah and you know uh some of those older games, like the older electric mechanical games, do really interesting things with the flippers, like with zipper flippers and, and stuff like that, like where the, flip, the flippers will come in close to each other, like they'll be really far apart, and then you hit a certain target and they'll come to where they're basically touching each other and stuff. Um, but, you know, with pinball, it's, it's, you know, it's basically you versus the machine, which is really fun. Um, it's, you know, a tactical tactile experience, and so, like, you know, you feel like that shot, you know, like... Like they're on, so I have like a reoccurring segment on, on the Game Room Junkies podcast, and uh, I co-hosted this last episode, and that was one of the questions someone had asked, like, what's your favorite shot in pinball? And like, I mean, there's just shots that you hit, and it's just like, oh, it feels so good, just like you know, like the way that the geometry is laid out, it's it's really, really, really nice, uh, you know. And games nowadays, like, I just don't play as many video games nowadays. Uh, that are like big titles because you know you start running into like they all they all start feeling the same you know like like I, I you know I have ADHD and so uh, I have like a giant Steam library because I will play something for like ten minutes and be like oh what all right so I understand the hook of this game next game please and so um, you know basically with me with with console and PC stuff lately. Uh, the indie games are what's been driving my game playing because it's usually a shorter experience like you you get that hook and then you get to see something from beginning to end like I'm so bad about finishing any like you know big $60 release I usually don't finish those games because I understand what the hook is and then that's all I need so you know pinball is a shorter experience like some you know I have had games that last a long time uh, but um, there's, there's just I feel like there's more skill involved uh, with that with that kind of stuff because once you start like if you you should check out uh, pinball 101 on YouTube um, you 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 rent it but the license is like until like 2056 or something like that um, and so you're basically buying <laughs> I'll it. be I dead yeah <laughs> I think it's like 50 or I'm sorry five dollars or ten dollars or something like that but like that that will show you like re- like starting at really basic skills like like the most basic skill with pinball is just not flipping the flipper. If you just let the ball hit one flipper, it'll bounce over to the other flipper to where you can trap it and get control of the ball. Because that's that's ultimately what, what pinball is all about, is getting control of the ball so that you can hit your next shot. And so, um, I don't know. That's, that's Dude, why you, I like did, you just blew my doors off. I was going to say, I think I'm, I'm like 90% better than I was at pinball just this moment <laughs> right now. I have actually never seen you play, and the fact that I've known you for at least two and a half years and saw you almost on a weekly basis, that makes me very sad. I used to try to get you to come over to my house. You you did, to be fair. Come over, drink some beer. One, one day at an airport, Brian was like, Eric, are you handy? And I was like, no, I'm the worst, and Tyler can attest to that. Because <laughs> you wanted, you were, I don't know, you were putting something up in your house. and But it actually, you were just asking me to come over and play pinball. Yeah. Well, we went, we went to uh, Pinball's pinball Arcade. Thing. Yeah, in, in Austin. Austin, Austin yeah. So me, you, uh, and Austin. Tom Salam. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what and, he's known as now. <laughs> okay. Tom Salam. <laughs> Tom Salam. Yeah. Well, T- Tom Salam went with me to uh, uh, to the Pinball Hall of Fame the next year uh, when we were in Vegas. That that next year. He so. told me it was pretty weak compared to pinballs. You know, I felt the same way, and I was shocked because I have seen pictures of the of um. 
of the Pinball Hall of Fame. Like, the cool thing about the Pinball Hall of Fame is they have stuff that you will not see anywhere else. Like, uh, Pinball Circus, there was two of those machines made, and they have one of them. The other one is in a private is in a private house, you know, stuff like that. So like they and they have like old stuff. They have they have some arcade games and stuff like that, too. But like I had seen pictures and heard all these stories. And when I went there, I was like, man, this is it. Like I, I was kind of shocked. Uh, and and so I have after that heard stories and stuff like that. And so I think we just didn't see the whole place like either that or uh, they had just bought the building that they are in. And so maybe it just wasn't set up all the way yet. Uh, because I have talked to people who have gone like after I did and they, they talk about it being much bigger than what I saw. And so I don't know if we just missed something or what. Um, but I've, I, th- I'm going to go again this year. I'm actually going out to Vegas a day early. And, uh, and so I'm going to, um, I'm going to hit, hit that up. Uh, and at least, at least that, that first day, I'm going to try, probably try to go a couple more days, but, uh, you know, usually I don't do stuff. I mean, the last time, the last time that, uh, that I was in Vegas, me and uh, Tommy just like our last day, we just sat at a bar and made fun of people for getting hit on by hookers. <laughs> and then it was like, that sounds like later, a good day to spend. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was, it was hilarious. Like I wound up missing my flight out because like, you know, there's no, uh, there's no clocks down there or anything like that. And Tommy had gone to bed at some point, but I just stayed up at the bar and like, I wound up, I wound up getting up to my room like an hour before I needed to leave to go to the airport and I packed everything and then passed out and I woke up like right when I was supposed to be at the airport. And so I missed my flight and stuff, but it was funny because a couple months later, uh, Tommy had quit and I didn't know that yet. And I texted him and I was like, Hey, remember how you and me were making fun of these guys for getting hit on by hookers? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that was us too. And he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, do you think that that girl that sat and talked with us for a while was a hooker? And he was like, no, I don't think so. But I was like, I'm pretty sure she was because why would some girl sit at the bar and talk to us for like an hour if she wasn't a hooker? And so, uh, so I think that we were part of the game as well. So, um, actually that kind of segs us into, uh, what we were, we were talking about doing an offshoot of bit faced <laughs> called conversations with whores. Nice. <laughs> well, you know, where we just, we just have conversations with whores. This, our conversation was pretty tamed because it was about the difference between, uh, cause she was Canadian and it was the difference between Canadian cigarettes and American cigarettes and how gross American cigarettes are compared to Canadian cigarettes. And she was right. Like she gave me, she gave me a cigarette and it was, do it Canadian was very- cigarettes have Tim Hortons donuts drippings in them or what? <laughs> <laughs> they it just taste like maple syrup. Have you had actual maple syrup? Speaking of that, just real quick, totally off the wall. Wow, the wit came out of left field with that one. Yes, I have, Brian. <laughs> are you talking about like that fancy shit that's like uh, like a hundred dollars a bottle maple syrup? Or are you just talking about like like IHOP and maple syrup? Not like IHOP. <laughs> 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 that was a great answer for your question. No, I mean it's true. I mean not like IHOP maple syrup, but like I don't know. It's like twelve to fifteen dollars a bottle. It's still it's, I, it's expensive shit. I've not had fancy maple syrup. No, no. It's way different. So it's like super sweet but really light. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's super tasty. I mean, I could I could super troopers a bottle of maple syrup if it tasted like that. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I've seen, uh, like, uh, I, I have some friends that are Canadian. So like sometimes they'll, they'll send me pictures of like some, some of that fancy ass maple syrup where like, cause they take their shit seriously up there for, for that stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't eat very many things that require syrup because uh, I used to work at a Krispy Kreme and so like pancakes and waffles. Like I love, I, I do like a Belgian waffle, but like pancakes and stuff. Like I, the smell it smells like donuts and so like i just can't eat them like i, I worked there for a while just being like covered in that shit like i don't know that's why uh honestly man there was many reasons but gamestop was starting to make me hate gaming yeah and that that wasn't gonna happen <laughs> because i love gaming i don't love it the same way you do or the same way tyler does but i love it the way that i love it Right, and the reason that you're bringing you know machines down to your expo, the reason that I'm playing up all night for achievements, the reason that Tyler is jerking off to it is because we all love gaming. <laughs> so, uh, so I guess Tyler, you're you're pretty excited about. Do, do you have a PS4? 
I don't yet. I'm no. looking. Oh, wait. I'm looking to get a PS4. But that's that's the console you need if you're looking for all the the anime uh, the special games. You obviously have listened to the podcast because you know how much Tyler jerks it to anime. <laughs> hey, dude, that that one Chibara or Oni Chibara uh, Banana Split Edition. If you can just like find the book that that comes with that game and just look at the fucking pictures and that shit, it is ridiculous. You know, is it related to Oni Chambara Bikini Samurai Squad? That's exactly yeah. That's, it. that's it's a yeah, special exactly edition. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And. There's actually a, uh, I, I, sh- I assume it's still on there, but on the Xbox Live video service, you could actually, they, there was a live action movie that you can you can rent on there. Yeah, I've watched the Oni Chanbara movie. It's yeah. absolutely garbage. Tyler's washed a lot of socks after watching that movie. <laughs> he doesn't have to wash them. That's what the lotion's for, right? I, I don't know. It, it, actually, as long as it smells good. I don't, come on, socks. <laughs> Tissues are much more efficient. You just throw that shit away when you're done. Uh, tissues though like we're not gonna get into this right now (laughs) i I, I saw the road that we were heading down and i know who our guest is tonight and i was like no (laughs) this this is not a road to go down um so anything from gamescom were you excited about did you see anything last weekend that, that made you happy i didn't i didn't see it um i don't think i had the internet at the time because uh, since I'm moving, uh, I, I, cu- I cut it off way earlier than I probably should have. I had expected to be out of my house by now. And so um, so I've actually missed out on some stuff. Sam told me about a lot of stuff that's, that, that happened at it. Um, I think the Crackdown thing is pretty cool. It's kind of weird that the Crackdown 3 looks amazing. Yeah. I think it's – I, I understand why, but it's, it's weird that only in multiplayer are things destructible. Like I, I get that having destructible stuff – totally breaks the orb system right uh because because sometimes you have to have them in particular things and if you destroy that building then you can never get that orb but um that's cool like i really like the crackdown games i even like two like uh you know even though it was basically the exact same map and everything like that like those games are really fun multiplayer co-op games and so what um i'm super excited as an indie gamer what how how do you feel about ori in the blind forest definitive edition uh you know i never even played Ori in the Blind Forest. Yeah. Brian Grantham. I know. Uh, hey, I'm not going to criticize, but seriously, if you're going to play one game this year, yeah. play that. And you should yeah. probably wait and pick up the the new edition that they're releasing, Ori in the Blind Forest. Um, definitive edition. Definitive I just said edition. that, Tyler. You shouldn't be checking your phone. <laughs> That's probably what I'll do. I was honestly, I was thinking that it'd probably become. Uh, like a games with gold thing or something like that and so i, I would just grab it then um did, have you guys played axiom verge no i've never so it. so axiom verge came out on ps4 but also came out on pc um and like so from what i understand about ori is it has you know it's a platforming game but it's similar to like a metroidvania style style game yes it, it very similar yeah so axiom verge is like the memory you have of super metroid uh that is what axiom verge is so you know with with the uh with how beautiful uh, emulation has come you know going back and playing some of these older games um you know you, you, like you play you like you know super metroid is still a really good game but like the stuff in axiom verge it kind of plays with it's, it looks they made it to look like a 16-bit um game but then there's certain effects that play with that and you are to give you like a very brief like like high level overview it's like you get sucked in this computer and you get this like gun that can like hack certain things and stuff like that and so you know they you go into this game and you go oh damn this is this is super metroid and then uh, it plays with what you know about super metroid and like those style games and turns it like on its head and so you go into it expecting this one thing and then you go oh i can't do that at all but i can do the opposite to make this happen and so it's a really cool game um what system i i know it's on ps4 and pc i think it's probably will come to, to xbox at some point um but i got it on pc and uh, it, it's an amazing game and so like they they came out i think ori came out a couple weeks before axiom verge uh but i wound up getting axiom verge and that that game is amazing it's, you should check it out yeah it sounds pretty sweet i mean what all do you play a lot of pc games at all 
Yeah, that's 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 my console of choice because I have like a I have like a theater room. Um, I have a, my PC is hooked up to like a projector, and so um, I have like it's in a closet behind me, and so I have a recliner and I have like a wireless mouse and keyboard, and then like a wireless adapter for a 360 controller, and so <clears throat> and I have like 7.1 surround sound in that room, and so. Um, I can't really play games at night on the on my consoles because they're all upstairs hooked up to the TV. And even with my like with my headset on, I'm generally worse because I'll be yelling at people and stuff like you're yelling to people because I can't hear myself. And so like my wife gets pissed about that. Um, so on my PC stuff, like it's downstairs in the basement and it's like hooked up to a sweet system and everything like that. So I generally play that. Like I'm on Steam, I have like 370 games. So um, I mean, instead of yelling so, a ton at people, you just blow up your whole house with a 7.1 surround sound system. Yeah, because it's okay though, because it's under my kids' room, and uh, and and so I've I've put some stuff in to um, provide like a, a level of soundproofing. Uh, but since it's not under my room, my wife doesn't hear it, and so I'm good. Okay. My, my kids don't wake up for it, so. Cool. But it's it's nice. Like, uh, lately, I've been playing nothing but Rocket League, and because uh, that game, man, like, I, so out of my, like, my whole Steam library, the majority of my games I've either never played or I've only played for, like, 10 minutes. And then Rocket League, I've put in, like, 18, 19 hours on it. Have you, have you guys played that yet? I haven't played Rocket League. Is that That's the one where you... It's essentially like a, a ball game, but you you take the ball around and you score points as like a robot? Yeah. And it's a shooter? No, it's Rocket League is... Uh, it's basically like like hockey and soccer, right? So okay. Aren't they the same sport? Minus the ice basically. and yeah, sticks? Essentially, yeah. The, um, the, you can have like 1v1 up to 4v4, and you're playing in, in cars or, or trucks. And uh, and so there's a ball, and there, you're on a field. Um, and so uh, it's all about, like, when you first start playing that game, uh, it basically, like, everyone just runs for the or, you know, drives for the ball. And you can jump, and, and you can double jump. And, like, if you hold down a direction when you double jump, like, you'll either, like, you'll spin in that direction so you can do, like, sideways shots or, like, you know, uh, like bicycle kicks and stuff like that um you have like a like a turbo that if you use while you're in the air you can like fly through the air and like do aerial uh like aerial attacks and that kind of thing um it's it was like the ps4s uh uh like it was like one of their games for the month this past month for the uh, playstation plus Uh, but it came out on pc also and it will be coming out on the xbox one um but like man that game after the six month delay (laughs) yeah yeah, it'll probably be the beginning of next year. But, like, you should just go on Twitch or something and just, like, look at Rocket League because, like, that game, it's one of those games where, like, once people start getting good, like, the stuff that they do, you know, I don't know if, like, you, you do a lot of esports stuff, but, like, you see, like, that skill that skill gap between people. Like, where this guy obviously is really, really good at this game and can do some amazing shit, and then this guy over here is just like, oh, I'm going to hit the ball, you know, so... That's huge. I've been trying to talk to Eric about and get him into a lot of esports stuff, but he likes a lot of single player. You know, he wants to he wants to play with himself. What can I say? <laughs> you just have to tell him that there's gamer point or gamer score involved with it, and he'll he'll be all over that. <laughs> wow. Um, Did, what what kind of what kind of esports stuff are you trying to get him into? So, I've tried to. He's trying like, to convince me to watch people playing video games, no, and no, I don't no. want to do it. Hold on. So I've shown him a lot of different stuff. I've shown him mm-hmm. esports is real big in League of Legends. Mm-hmm. Any other kind of MOBA, so Dota. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty big still with Quake and a lot of those shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, and that being said, I mean, there's a lot of the. I try to even get him to just watch you know people play on Twitch with things like SGDQ or AGDQ, and. Um, mm-hmm. We, we we sit down and we watch some some games done quick, but that's about it. So here's how you do it, uh, Eric. You like documentaries, right? You know I love them. Documentaries. All right. So, um, do you have Steam on your PC? I don't even have a working a PC right now. I'm, I'm rocking a uh, Mac and, and consoles, bro. Okay. Well, you can download Steam on a Mac. Um, so download that and search for free to play it's a movie that steam made it's a documentary about dota and about like i have it on hulu okay watch that movie that movie is so good 
Um, and, you know, so like as, in terms of esports, you know, mainly uh, most of those games, I think Evo uh, is like the fighting game stuff. I think that generally has had like the largest prize pool. But like this year for the international, which is what Dota's um, 6.6 Dota's million. Is, yeah. And it's like if you come in sixth place, like the way it's like factored in, like if you come in sixth place in that tournament, you still make a million dollars. Yeah. You know, so like like the the stakes there are amazing and it's awesome like if you watch free to play the way they set up like that that at least that year's tournament was uh each team is uh is they're facing each other they're like in these like glass boxes so they can't hear what they're saying so you can't hear the other team's strategy but they're like sitting directly across from each other and so like while they're doing stuff they'll be like talking shit to the other team because they're looking at each other in front of their pcs and so like stuff like that is is like just like that kind of dynamic uh, you know where you can have you can have such a high uh, such a high intensity game like Dota uh, it, or at least it can be uh, once, once you get to that level and then you're you know you're facing you're literally facing your opponents uh, I, like I, I really like Dota I'm not a huge league fan just because Dota you get all of your characters for free the only things you pay for are like cosmetic shit uh, but you know like like League of Legends, you got to buy your characters and stuff. No, and so you don't. You can do the same. I mean, you just have to play a lot. Yeah, but see, like you just get them all on all from the beginning on Dota, and if like with League, you have to wait for the rotation to see what kind like what characters are you like and that kind of thing. Like if you play Dota, you can get night go. Okay, I like Sniper, right? And so League will be like they they have a Sniper character. Uh, and stuff like that. That's like, uh, have you played a lot of Hearthfire or Hearthstone? I mean, yeah, I'm huge into Hearthstone right now. Or no, I'm sorry, not Hearthstone. Heroes of the Storm. I knew what you were talking about, but I am also huge into Hearthstone right now. Um, Do you have an iPhone? No, I have an Android. Oh, you gotta get, you gotta get rid of your Android and upgrade to like a six plus and download Hearthstone. Oh, God, I've no. been telling him this since I moved here. Hold on, they released Hearthstone on Android, and I don't need an iPhone ever in my life. Oh, okay. <laughs> you you do because it's better, but uh, all right, go ahead. Uh, we won't go into that on this awesome podcast instead. <laughs> that might be a good way to wrap tonight because uh, I, I don't want to get into that. Uh, Brian, anything else you can tell us about the Southern Fried Game Room Expo? Sure. Um, so, you know, one of the main things with, with this expo, a lot of other uh, arcade expos are basically like, they, they may have like a panel or two, but it's, it's mainly just about everything being set to free play and you having like, you know, a Friday, Saturday and Sunday to play all those games as much as you want. One of the things that sets the Southern Fried Game Room Expo apart from most of the other stuff is that they really try to be fam- family friendly um, and they try to uh, they try to have stuff for everybody to do at all times of the day. And so it's like, you know, last or th- this past year, you know, you have the pinball and arcade stuff, you have the panel stuff there are movie showings or movie screenings that they do. Um, they did like a game show where it's kind of like, like Nick arcade or like those kind of things where, you know, like there was like quiz stuff. And then you like went, ran over to like an arcade cabinet had, you know, whoever got to the high score first, like then moved on to like this other thing. Um, there was like, you know, we had like classic and modern consoles. Um, there was the Papa sanctioned, uh, circuit tournament event. Uh, you had kid tournaments for pinball and video stuff. Um, there was console tournaments uh, on Saturday morning. They did this really cool thing where uh, they put together like all these old Saturday morning cartoons. And so, uh, like on Saturday morning before anything started, in one of the um, one of the like theater rooms, they just had um, where where like the where the uh, panels were going on. Like they just had a, a projector showing like old Saturday morning cartoons, uh, just so you'd have something to do in the morning. Um, and then like late at night, they do uh, there was like a, a late night rock band karaoke. And so it's awesome because, um, uh, like, so there's a video on YouTube of David Frizzell uh, playing Rock Band one night, and little did he know he's actually playing Ben Heck is singing, and the, one of the guys playing guitar is actually one of the Guinness World Record holders for Guitar Hero. And so, um, what so, what did like, Frizzell sing? I have to know. It was a Journey song. Go, I David. I don't remember exactly what it was, but, uh, but you know, so they have stuff like at all hours. So like that, that late night rock band stuff, like they, there's a, a bunch of different podcast people, uh, that go to it also. I think there was like, there was like representatives at, at this year's show from like six or seven podcasts. Um, and so like, they'll do things like podcast after, after dark, 
Uh, and so, can like, you get us a, a slot next year? I yeah. think we'd like to come. I'll try. Uh, you'd probably have to pay for uh, for your travel and stuff. But well, yeah, that's well, uh, yeah. I mean, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna drive down in the Bitmobile, and, dude. Uh, dude, right now we pay for our airtime. <laughs> Yeah. And, and and dude, no, we're not driving down to the Bitmobile to Georgia from Colorado because that's twenty two hours in the goddamn in your fucking Matchbox car. It's a bonding experience, you mean? It would be a blast. Yeah, yeah. It, it maybe. Tyler yeah. just bought a uh, just bought a, a, a new vehicle. I hope your mom doesn't listen to the podcast. But uh, yeah, so no, actually, talk to us about that. I would love to show Tyler some. Decent yeah. Southern food. So I was going to say, first off, I like the name Southern Fried Game Room Expo. I want some mm-hmm. Southern Fried food, first off. <laughs> there's there's tons of it around. I So the new place that it's at, um, I, I'm, I'm, so I'm not from Atlanta or the Atlanta area. And so, like, since it's been at this last place, there's actually a lot of really good restaurants around where it was. Uh, this this year, since it's at the, um, uh, the Renaissance... Uh, Atlanta Waverly Hotel, uh, it that so that's directly connected to the Cobb Galleria Convention Center. So I think it's a little bit more in downtown than what this last one was. Um, but you know, you have uh, like a chick. Uh, gosh, is it Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, or there's someone someone's Chicken and Waffles? Gladys Knight. Yeah, Gladys Knight's uh, Chicken and Waffles place. So if you like fried, if you want fried stuff, uh, I would say eat there because I I ate there. I ate there during the first. I year love Gladys Knight's chicken and waffles. Yeah, that's it. Was really really good. So, if you're looking for some southern fried food, that would be it. All right. Well, Bitface is gonna come down and get crazy at the Southern Fried Gaming Expo. Maybe next year, as early as we can. But um, you know what? We want to see you take first. Can you do that while we're there? I doubt it because <laughs> those those tournaments. There's like wow, Tyler. Come from all over the. Like different countries, they'll come and and to be in those because there's uh, world ranking points involved with those tournaments. So I'll you know I'll try this this next year. I'm probably going to be doing a little bit more stuff. Um, I'll I'll still be in charge of like the console, uh, the console stuff and the tournaments and stuff like that. Um, and, and this year I'm going to try to get more stream like like get streaming with that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, but this this so just so you guys know. It's going to be like June t- uh, 10th through 12th this year. So that way you can go ahead and mark your calendars and, uh, and get ready. And if you want to uh, check it out, like some, some more information about it, because, you know, they, they have added the tabletop stuff to it this year. Um, and then uh, I know that there's been some really good guests that have been floating around. Uh, they've been talking to uh, to get going. But you can check it out at southernfriedgameroomexpo.com or go to facebook.com forward slash southernfriedgameroomexpo. Um, we'll link both of those to, to yeah. the cast, of course. Okay, yeah. So it, it's, you know, this year it's going to be huge because it's like it, they, they've reserved 35,000 square feet of space for this stuff. So, um, so it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Every, every year it, it's run really well. Like that was the main thing that people talked about the first year. Uh, and then this past year, uh, it like there, we, there was so much more stuff added and, uh, you know, it was, it was still run super well, so I, I'm super excited for it, and I can't I can't wait. Um, uh, so if you are interested in it, make sure you go and book your hotel room soon, um, because that way you get the group rate. So I'm sleeping on your couch, Grantham. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Well, I, I stay at the hotel for the expo because uh, last I'm year I'm sleeping on your floor, floor Grantham. <laughs> okay, okay, that that works. Yeah, that works. Like uh, last year. I got into some some craziness uh, one night, and uh, and so uh, I'm gonna try to not get into as much craziness this year uh, because uh, I spent a whole lot of money that night. Come on, son. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, we'll 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 see. So, I, but I always I always stay at the hotel because I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna drive 45 minutes to go to that. So, all right. I like rolling out of bed and doing it. No doubt. Well, absolutely. It was really phenomenal to meet you, Brian my first time of course um i know we've enjoyed having you on the cast we've taken up over an hour of your time at this point (laughs) um i I want to thank you for for letting me come on you know i'm super excited to meet you yeah absolutely and you know you may try to tame it down at southern fried gaming expo but unfortunately the podcast is named bitface for a reason 
and it's right, uh, right. it's just gonna get a little fucking hairy. So <laughs> honestly, I'm, I'm if, if it's a pinball competition, I will bet everything I own on Brian Grantham <laughs> compared to you, yeah. Tyler. Ah, you should. <laughs> yeah, I'm bad as hell. Well, but... if it's if it's a drinking and video game playing competition, I would still bet everything on me. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh i've got a year to train so there you go i'm gonna montage it we'll throw it up on youtube something crazy like that nice brian it was phenomenal to have you here tonight i hope uh we i i say this to every guest but i've actually i've meant it to every guest i hope that this isn't the last time you're gonna come on and talk to us yeah definitely i'll come on anytime you want so dude phenomenal man well, well thank you so much uh everyone in georgia we do have georgia listeners so Southern Fried Game Room Expo next year. Tyler and I might be there. You know that Brian Grantham is going to be there, so definitely go see him. Anyway, rare Wednesday episode that will probably launch tonight. We will certainly be back next Friday. I'm not going to say who, but it will launch next Friday. So, nah, I'm, I'm not going to tell him Thursday because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give us a day of leeway. <laughs> Tyler doing hand signals over here. <laughs> but, but anyway, Brian, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to have you on. From the BitCave, across the table from me is Tyler Glaze. I am Eric G. Hollis, and we are out. Peace.